Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast, playoff edition. Woo! This, this is at Hanson James. And this is Milo. How are you all? We are all really good because we are starting the playoffs tomorrow. And we got to get this podcast out because there's a lot of things going on, Michael. I want to go right into it. The Jazz are playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. You've got a lot of of interesting things that are going on. It's I've listened to a lot of people talk about it from yeah. a lot of different the Biggest mediums. question we need to answer right now is how are the Utah Jazz going to be able to overcome the OKC hashtag nightlife. <laughs> I know somehow the whole somehow because the Jazz are leaving the nightlife in Salt Lake City, renowned for its greatness, and have to go to Oklahoma City and deal with the nightlife there. I don't know how they're going to do there's it. There's Bricktown. There, there's. Uh, What's I hear they've got they an incredible hotel? Applebee's. <laughs> they got a great Applebee's. Some of the best <laughs> Applebee's. It's really good, but. Let's get let's get going, Michael. So the first thing we wanted to talk about is what are the advantages for each of these teams? What's the best advantage that the Oklahoma City Thunder have against the Jazz? And what is the best advantage that the Utah Jazz have against the Thunder? Um, I would say the best matchup for the Thunder. Let's, let's start Thunder first. Um, I would say Paul George. Because we know Stephen, Bad- Stephen Adams and Rudy Gobert, that's just going to be a war. We know uh, Russell Westbrook can be canceled out by Rudy Gobert in, in the paint, um, and Ricky Rubio has a has a has a penchant for getting under players' skin somehow <laughs> during the season. He, he that's the thing about Ricky Rubio this year. I always thought he was a little bit of a pretty boy and just just good. I didn't realize how much of like Ricky Rubio is. There's a little bit of Ricky Grimes to yeah, Rick Rubio. Yeah, there is. How, what's the over-under on Rubio just completely getting cross-checked in this series? Like, he's going, is it he's one going and a half? to piss. Like one Russell and a half. Westbrook like, are you going to do that? Oh, like, it's, would it's you say over-under? Over-under. One and a half cross-checks on, on Rubio. <laughs> well, we know that Russell Westbrook is a crazy person. And so at some point, someone's getting triggered. And Rubio is just good at, at uh, getting that... Uh, Getting that fire out of someone. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think um, the big one is just Paul George. Paul George against anybody. I don't care if it's Joe Ingles. I don't care if it's against uh, Dante Exum, whether it's Jay Crowder. Paul George, like playoff Paul George. I lived in Indiana for a while and uh, got to see a lot of Pacers games. They were always on. Saw a lot of Pacers playoff games, especially when um, Paul George carried that George Hill 
um, Roy Hibbert, Lance Stevenson, whatever team to, mm-hmm. you know, an Eastern Conference finals appearance twice against uh, LeBron's Cavs. And at one time, I uh, know LeBron's Heat, and at one time they were up on them 3-1 against Dwayne Wade, prime D Wade, prime Chris Bosh, and prime LeBron James. And mm-hmm. that was because of what uh, Paul George was just being a beast. And playoff mm-hmm. Paul George scares me. Playoff he Paul does. George is 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 uh, scary, dude. Like I, 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 a lot of people are talking about Russell Westbrook as they should. He averaged a triple double during the season. Um, that's not to go go lightly. He Russ is actually one of my favorite players. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like the one person on our whole thing where we're like, who's your favorite OKC player? And everyone's like, Russ is a punk. He's a chump. And I'm like, I love him. He's my everything. <laughs> I love him because he's just so wacky. Like, I, and I think that's why, like, I love players like that. Like Lance Stevenson is in, it, it like, it, it warms my heart. So, oh, I love Lance Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> so so the fact is like he's a treasure yeah like like russell westbrook is like russell is like lance stevenson if you gave him way more way more talent and he so he's really good he is he's a fantastic but playoff paul george like here's here's the insane thing about playoff paul george when you look at his his uh per 36 so um when he was with indiana the last two years he averaged in the playoffs, um, he averaged 25 points and 23 points a game. He was uh, seven rebounds, uh, seven, six assists. And most importantly, he's getting about two steals a game. In that series, when uh, in the, that couple of years where he was going against uh, against LeBron James' heat, um, he's, he's averaging seven rebounds, four assists, and getting, and getting two steals, period, a game. Not only that, when he's on the court, his defensive rating was just bonkers. And, uh, you know, he was like, whether it was a defensive rating of 101 in the playoffs, and that, and you're playing against top teams. This is, you don't get a day off. There's no, there's, you know, there's no Mavericks here. There's no Charlotte Bobcats. Like, you're playing against the best of the best, and you're averaging a defensive rating of 101. Mm-hmm. That's, that's nuts. So, it's crazy good. It is crazy good. Uh, so um, that's I, I, he. He scares me. He really, really, re- really scares me in in those playoffs. What about you? Yeah, the one for me, and I guess in some ways it's like he he's like the biggest advantage, and at times can be be the biggest disadvantage just because of who he is and how he plays. But I just think it's Russell Westbrook. Like I want to lean towards Paul George because we've seen Paul George take over for Indiana and just elevate teams that were filled with, you know, average players to slightly above average players to, to be able to just challenge LeBron. But when I watch the Thunder play, it's the Russell Westbrook, what Russell Westbrook, hardest name to say show. (laughs) He's just, he at times is the MVP of the league. And at times he kind of can shoot them out of a game. And it just depends on, you know, if Russell Westbrook becomes MVP level four games and the Jazz and Ricky Rubio struggles to guard him and Steven Adams can kind of negate Rudy Gobert and and use his physicality to to make Rudy Gobert's rim protection not as effective as it normally is, which we've seen that happen with Steven Adams, yeah. then it becomes a problem. Uh, 
So I just think Russell Westbrook is kind of the the engine that drives that car. And if the Jazz can make Russell Westbrook have one of those like three for 14 nights, um, one of the things I think the Jazz, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but if, if the Jazz are really good at keeping teams from being able to shoot the corner three. They are. And if... And if Russell Westbrook is able to create those shots like he does, because he does average 10-plus assists a game, he, I think he leads the league in assists. He's a great assist man. He just He's phenomenal at that. If, if he's able to do that, they, the, it becomes an interesting series. I just, I just have a hard time seeing Russell Westbrook kind of um, like let Paul George become the guy. I, I, yeah, I just, it's, it's so hard I'll to watch, see it when I believe it's I'll so believe hard to watch the it. thunder because it's like they have all these pieces and they just haven't worked together. And, and, mm. and like the Oklahoma city thunder are like pineapple on pizza. Like you have good ingredients, but when you put them together, it's unholy. And, and like, they, but they should be better. They really should be better. They they should be better because they do have Paul George. They do have Carmelo Anthony, who I thought Carmelo Anthony would be really great with this team. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just I really at the beginning of the season I was like, you know, he's been really great when he's on those Olympic teams when he's surrounded by all star talent and he really finds a way just to 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 integrate into those teams and and really provide a lot of experience and and really really great. Uh, uh, production but with okc he's been a liability on defense he's not that great on offense he's and he's taking inefficient possessions and then you and then you got paul george and russ uh, russell who like they should be one of the best backcourts in the nba mm-hmm. and they're not they're far from it like they they sh- like I, I look at them and i'm like man they are I don't see them as being as dominant as what George Hill was at his best last year and Gordon Hayward and George Hill and Gordon Hayward aren't better players than these two. And it's, it is like, I don't know if that's a, uh, that's a Billy Donovan thing, not being able to get them to work together. And, and it's crazy to say that a team that's gone 30 and 15 in their, in their last 45, like, like mm-hmm. the Oklahoma city thunder have are underperforming. But that's mm-hmm. how it feels when you have that type of talent on on your team. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just think it's I think it's because you just that's the way you have to play when you have Russell Westbrook. You kind of take the good and the bad, and most of it's good, but there is some bad. And you've, if you're playing the Thunder, that is kind of what you're kind of gearing your defensive scheme around is like trying to enhance the bad of Russell Westbrook because he does just run the show. Even when uh, Kevin Durant was on the the Thunder and they were a better team back then because Durant is incredible, but Russell Westbrook still averaged more shots than Kevin Durant. And I if I if that doesn't tell you something about Russell Westbrook, I don't know what, you know. He's just he's just the guy and he expects to be the guy and he was the MVP of the league last year and I just have a hard time I mean that's what's great about Russell Westbrook too. He's a competitor. He he wants to win more than anyone in the league. Uh, it's just I don't know. Sometimes sometimes there's good and there there's bad with Russell. So who would you say who would you say is uh, gives the Jazz the biggest advantage on their side then? So right now I'm kind of looking at the starting lineups, like the most used starting lineups for both Utah and Golden and uh, Oklahoma City, and 
you know, you're obviously you see Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and Stephen Adams being three really great, uh, kind of the three best pieces on that team. But then right. you're also looking at Corey Brewer and Carmelo Anthony. And I've thought about uh, Joe Ingles a little bit um, and and Derek Favors. I, some people are talking about Carmelo Anthony shooting Derek Favors out of the, the game. And I just think it's the opposite. I think, I think Derek Favors is going to punish Carmelo Anthony. I think that you're going to see a lot of Derek Favors pick and rolls with Joe Ingles that hopefully have Corey Brewer and Carmelo Anthony guarding it. Yeah, and and that might be the key and, to to opening things up for Donovan Mitchell and Ricky Rubio, and even even uh, Rudy Gobert a little bit, where Adams is going to have to slide over to help Carmelo Anthony guard Derek Favors on pick and rolls because Favors is so dominant at that. And I know Anthony is stronger than he looks, but right. But I think Favors is a big key in this series. I think Derek Favors. Uh, rolling to the rim is really good. And I just feel like if anyone thinks that Carmelo Anthony one is going to be a big offensive threat for the jazz, I think the jazz are pretty ecstatic if they have Carmelo Anthony shooting the ball a lot. And I think Derek favors can actually guard him pretty well one-on-one. Like I think that's actually advantage jazz. So I, for me, it's Derek favors. I think Derek favors has been one of the most underrated players on the team the whole year. And I think he's going to show up big time against Oklahoma city. Yeah, I I like that Derek Favors matchup a lot, uh, mainly because they've kept him healthy um, yeah. the entire season. Like he's going. Think about Derek Favors last year in the playoffs, and he still he still provided a lot of value um, against the, especially against the Clippers. Like Gobert was out, mm-hmm. and Favors played big while unhealthy, and and allowed them to stay in those games. So I think of that, and now you're saying, hey. Favors, guess what? You don't you don't have to do this year. You're not going to have to guard like Stephen Adams or DeAndre Jordan. You get mm-hmm. Patrick Patterson, Corey Brewer, and Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, like, yeah. And you get to, you get to go you get to deal with that on the offensive end too. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a really that's a that's a really big thing. I also think the Utah Jazz's bench. Um is going to play a key. Like Dante Exum has a chance to really show out in Absolutely. this, in, in this, in this series. Now th- I don't want people to be like, Milo's really, really going homer on Dante Exum. I just think on, on, when you're talking about players off the bench, Jay Crowder and Dante Exum are the best guys coming off the bench in this series. And I mean that even though you have Carmelo Anthony, because yeah, Carmelo be... just hasn't looked like Carmelo looks this season, like Joe Johnson has this season, where it's just like, I know this guy has been a multiple, a multi, you know, multi all star. He's had tons of them. He's racked up awards, achievements, everything like it. Scoring titles, everything. Scoring titles, yeah. He's got it all. But he hasn't looked the same, and defensively, he can really get exposed, and Jay Crowder is able to go in there and really disrupt things on the defensive end. So... Well, and I like the... I, I, I mean, I like the idea of Dante, too. I think you'll honestly see Quinn Snyder watch, and when Russell Westbrook heads out, puts in Dante, because then Dante won't draw fouls on Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah. Well, guess who's and guarding Dante when, when, uh, when Russ goes out? Well, it's going to be Raymond uh, Felton. Raymond Felton. Yeah, good luck, Raymond. Like, like I, I'm going to love like it, like every single time 
is just going to be like drive to the hoop every single time. I don't care how many shots you miss at, at the rim because every single time you're going to have that look and they're going to have to switch, they're going to have to adjust, and we're going to get an open shot every single time because of Ray And you're going to have Derek Favors cleaning up the boards on it or – yeah, I just – honestly, like I – I mean, that's my little prediction. Just watch. if Russell West, Once Russell Westbrook sits, how quickly does Quinn get Dante out there? Yeah. For the advantage of when he's off and then also, you know, the disadvantage because Russell Westbrook draws a lot of fouls. And Dante's just not quite there yet defensively to avoid those. So, Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so that gets us into our, our next thing. So that's our best, best matchup adv- advantage. Who will be the unsung hero on each side? And and I don't – who's going to be the guy who's not the big-time name that at the end of the series we're going to be saying, wow, if it wasn't for X player, mm-hmm. this team wouldn't have won. So who would, who would the unsung hero be for the Thunder? Who, who do you think? Um, let's see. Let me, I, I think it's Jeremy Grant is what I've kind of – a lot. I've heard a lot of people mention Jeremy Grant, and I don't – let me just pull this up. Because for me, I look at it and I, I think if uh, if if OKC wins this, it's definitely going to be because of. Did you have it, or do you want me? Yeah, I've got it. I'll lead. So okay, uh, one of the things I've heard a lot of people talk about because you know obviously we don't watch the Oklahoma City Thunder play a ton, but uh, Jeremy Grant is one of those players like that. He's long. He can play a. He can play stretch four. He can give the Jazz spacing issues. Uh, if he, I think he can even play some center. And so, I, I don't know. I kind of lean that way a little bit, but he's not starting for them. And so I have a hard time giving them the biggest uh, unsung hero. Uh, I would say that unsung hero for the Oklahoma City Thunder is got to be Stephen Adams. He's had a career year for for Oklahoma City. He really, really gives Rudy Gobert problems. He's the one player that honestly scares me that because Rudy Gobert is so valuable to the Jazz uh, that it, it just makes me it makes me nervous. Uh, there's like a there's like two things with uh, Stephen Adams. I'm very grateful for Stephen Adams in a lot of way. He's the he's the reason the Jazz drafted. Uh, Rudy Gobert for two reasons. One, because he killed Rudy Gobert in workouts before the draft, mm-hmm. and so that he's the reason he fell to us. But then at the same time, he's also the guy that just he still pushes Rudy Gobert around. <laughs> <laughs> so he did it in pre-drafts, and he does it every single game. But I think Rudy's stronger. Uh, I think Jeremy Grant, from what everyone said, I mean, just listening to experts, he's really good, and I I have seen him do some great things while I've watched the Thunder, but. I think for for Oklahoma City, we've got uh, you've got to look at Stephen Adams. He's just a beast. I was talking about this to other people too. He's one of the, he is not talked about enough in terms of his just being a physical freak. He's like seven foot, seven foot one, mm-hmm. and and just moves like a lumberjack, like a coordinated, strong. Like most seven foot, seven foot one people, kind of move like Rudy Gobert a little bit. They're a little yeah. gangly, a little bit awkward. He is not. He is just just a physical beast and he doesn't get injured he just he has i mean he just has the body of someone who's 10 inches smaller and and just like a football player but he happens to be seven foot seven foot one and 
he just he just gives Rudy problems, and if Stephen Adams just bullies Rudy Gobert, the Jazz are in trouble. Yeah, I would say for mine for the Thunder is going to be Jeremy Grant, because with Melo not being a plus player right now when he's on the court, um, they really need someone who can step in there at the power forward position and just lock down. And Utah, one of Utah's favorite lineups is that lineup with Jay Crowder at the four in place of Derek Favors. And so that's going to put Jeremy Grant, who is six foot eight, against Jay Crowder, who's at six foot nine position. And it's going to, it's going to be a battle. Jay Crowder uh, is like Julius Randle in the way where he's just a bruising, bruising guy. He's like a bowling ball once he gets going. Oh my gosh! I just found out something. His uncle is Horace Grant. Oh jeez, Thunder and Five. <laughs> Crap! <laughs> no, he's got Bull's blood in him. That's right. Oh my gosh! No, sorry, I cut you off. I have to I have to redo tip. all of my predictions now. <laughs> he's, he's got uh, the blood Jeremy of the chosen Grant's... one in him. Jeremy Grant, Horace Grant's nephew. Anyway, sorry. Oh, man. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, for, for, for you young folks out there who haven't had the pain, so you generation, what is it? Z? Zeta? Whatever? whatever generation it is. Z? Generation I, Tide Pod. Whatever you, it is. Yeah, Generation Tide Pod. Man, oh, man. Did the Bulls ruin your life? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where like, the I thing mean, that I felt like being a jazz fan. Like, even if you're close, like there was always like that that jerk off in your in your class who was like, "You're like, oh, man, the Jazz lost last night. That's why I'm an MJ fan." I'm like, dude, you're in Pocatello, Idaho. Alrighty, you're in Pocatello, Idaho. And you're like, I'm a Bulls fan. I'm like, dude, you couldn't even find Chicago on a map. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't either. It was like, you know, sixth grade. So, and and for you saying like, yeah, sixth grade should know where Chicago is. I'm be like, yeah, I, I went to school in Idaho. Okay. Yeah, that should tell you all you need to know. Like, I went to school in Idaho. Like, I have, I, I have, a, I have a master's, which basically means like I had to spend six additional years of college just to be at high school level. That's all it means. Mm-hmm. So, so basically. Jeremy Grant, he's gonna be he's gonna be a big deal in this series, um, if because when he's when he's been been on the floor, the Thunder have an offensive rating of 122, defensive rating of oh, 108. Shoot, that's a good bench. Yeah, yeah, that is a good bench, isn't it? At least with Jeremy Grant on the okay, dang yeah. it, Jeremy Grant, spirit like, of spirit of Horace Grant. <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's been he he's been he's been good. Like he's been good when he's out there. But the thing is, the thing is with Jeremy Grant is they haven't played this iteration of the Utah Jazz. And the mm-hmm. Utah Jazz can counter. Like I think that's the special thing about this this Utah Jazz team is in past in past seasons with Utah it's like, man, their big lineup is killing us. Okay, well we're going to go mm-hmm. small. Get favors out of there. We have Gobert. And now at the four we have Boris Dio. The, That's the, the thing. The, we, the human, we start the Boris in the playoffs? Huh? We started Boris in the playoffs yeah, last year. Yeah, we started Boris in the playoffs. So 
that's that's going to be a big thing now is like now this year you have Derek Favors who's playing at an elite level. The Jazz have one of the best starting lineups in the NBA with Derek Favors in there. They even have a better uh, lineup when Jay Crowder goes out. They can they can counter this off. So I think um, this Jeremy Grant Jay Crowder matchup is going to be is going to loom large, especially yeah. as both both have a tendency to go out there and and toss toss the basketball when it gets to them like for 36 minutes he averages 10 <laughs> field goal attempts a game per 100 possessions that's 13 that's very much in jay crowder's wheelhouse it's just like has ball will shoot so <laughs> hey you know what too so, jay crowder his he has been a really nice defender on the wing as well too that's a nice thing the jazz have is to be able to put him out there and hopefully slow down the spirit of horace grant jay crowder in his first year with the jazz i can't even say first year he hasn't spent a full full first year but he reminds me of a lot of joe ingles first year where you're like this guy's garbage he's killing us out there he's terrible he can't make a shot he's yeah he's a good defender but is that really oh he's plus 17 oh okay oh, oh it's the best defensive lineup in the like, nba like joe ingles <laughs> oh. joe ingles career has always been like every single year you're like this doesn't make any sense like his first year, like this guy is absolute garbage. We got outscored eighteen points, and somehow you're plus twenty five. Makes no sense. He's defying all physics when he's out there. Mm-hmm. Like, well, but, now you this year you're seeing it with Joe Ingles. Yeah, this this is like really tangible results. Like, like his the first four, few years is like when they're trying to find like the gravity particle, like trying to find the God particle, and we're like we think it's there. Like the conditions around it make sense, and then this year is like we finally <laughs> found it. We see it. <laughs> we see. Actually, speaking of Joe Ingles, I will say that my unsung hero for the Utah Jazz has to be Joe Ingles. I think he, in a lot of ways, has been a bellwether for the Jazz. For example, when we when the Jazz came out of the All Star break, they lost. I think they lost their first two games, and Joe Ingles obviously had taken a week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> just not do anything basketball. <laughs> he did not see a single treadmill that week and he did not play well those two games. He got back, you know, he got back into game shape and the Jazz all of a sudden go into a great streak. I think that if Joe Ingles plays well and if Joe Ingles plays really well, I think this series isn't all that hard for the Jazz because Ingles for like there have been a few games with Ingles where they kind of ended the game with Ingles and Favors just running a pick and roll to death and just winning the game. It's it's become kind of a potent little weapon for Snyder at the end of games where they just set up plays just to set up that pick and roll for Ingles and Favors mm-hmm. and then they Which run it. Which is a really good effective uh, oh, it, two-man it's, combo. It's a murder machine. It really, I mean, Favors is one of the best role men in the league still. Ingles is one of the smartest passers, and now he's gotten that little 10-foot floater, and he's just crafty. Or he's really good at just throwing it out to that corner three, finding the open guy. It's uh, That's a weapon the Jazz are going to use a lot against, like we said before, they're going to use it against Carmelo Anthony. And Ingles, I mean, Ingles has a chance to just really shine in these playoffs. And, and uh, for like, I think the casual fan knows about Joe Ingles now where they didn't before, but I think Eagles has a chance to really become kind of like to just arrive on the NBA scene. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be fun to see. 
Yeah, I think I I think a lot of people are going to be shocked when they watch the Utah Jazz this year in this playoffs because I think I think all of us kind of have that same thing where you're watching you're like, "Huh, how long has this been a thing? All 82 games." That's fascinating. Like <laughs> <laughs> He didn't miss a game. Yeah, and so and so I think I think any fan of any team when you you see when you get to the playoffs and you're really seeing these teams a lot, it it, it you really like man, so and so is really good. How long has he been good all year? Huh? Wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought that. So I think Joe Ingles is definitely going to be in that in that sphere where people are like, oh wow, this Joe Ing- like Joe Ingles is handling the ball now. Like he's basically doing what Hayward was doing last year. He's not he's not scoring twenty points. They're not mm-hmm. asking him to. But man, Joe Ingles he gets like seven to eight assists a game. That's insane. Uh, and so I I think on Utah's side, I do think the unsung hero is going to be Jay Crowder because mm. I I because Jay Crowder is going to be asked to defensively, I think, to guard Paul George. A lot in this series. Yeah, because he can switch to the three. He can switch to the three. So I think we're going to see, like we've seen a lot of Jay Crowder at the at the four. Um, he's played most of his time in Utah at that four. But I think we're going to see a lot of his time at the three to really slow down Paul George and to give Joe Ingles some breaks. And if you have Crowder at the three, you can even bring in Jarebko for a little bit and shoot and, some and corner threes. And I think he's going to be very important. It's almost like those two are a package deal in this because if you move Jay Crowder to the three, you need Jonas Jarebko to step up. And you need Jonas Jarebko spread to, the floor. to spread that floor. And if he's not hitting that three, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a rough – it, if he's not hitting those threes, then that means that they're going to have to play uh, – man, their starters a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm here for the Jer- Jonas Jerebko game. The like Jonas one Jonas Jerebko game. Give him, game give him the the post the post game interview. Three for four from three. Uh, I'm, like seventeen I'm points, it. seventeen points in like yeah, fourteen minutes. Like, it's just like Oklahoma City was like, you know what? We're gonna live or die with Jonas Jerebko, and he just buries him. I would. That would like, be amazing. The thing about Jonas Jerebko is, if he has a good game, he didn't step out of his like comfort zone at all to be it's just like what do you do uh, i was in the corner and i shot the ball well and he's and, one of our uh, best corner three shooters yeah, he's he up is. there with uh ingles yeah it's, so. it's it's just like what i i mean i think of like zlatan <laughs> where he's like uh the the crowd they, they wanted zlatan and i gave him zlatan uh, <laughs> i think that would direct go really like uh they wanted me to shoot threes and so i shoot threes and uh and uh they went in, they, they went in. <laughs> Jonas Jerebko, everybody, seventeen points, three rebounds, huge game tonight. Like that's, that's going to be the Jonas Jerebko game, basically. If we get that, okay. Prediction: We will have a Jonas Jerebko game, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh man! So, so with with that, so I do think I think Jay Crowder and Jonas Jerebko, like those two as a pair, like that's going to be that that those are going to be unsung heroes. I think Dante Exum is going to have his advantage. I, I don't. The one thing we'll have some we'll have some Dante moments. I think, I think we'll have Dante moments. I don't think we'll have a Dante game. Mm-hmm. Um, just because if you have a Dante game, that means um, there's significant uh, Ricky Rubio spending a lot of time off the floor. And I can't mm-hmm. believe I'm saying this, but I, I, Ricky Rubio with what Quinn Snyder's done, I, it, it's hard to have him off the floor just because of that intensity. Well, in post All Star break, he's shooting like forty plus percent from three. So he just defies all he logic. He keeps that up. Like Quinn, he keeps that up. Man, man, Quinn, how does Quinn get these broken toys to work again? 
I don't I know, but I, I, man, it's crazy. So, um, with that said, who do you think will win? I am a homer. Yes, you are. I am a. I am like if Boston Media was in Utah, that their name would be at Hanson James. Yes, but uh, I think the Jazz win this, and I think that it's in six games. I think the Jazz have a lot of ways that they can game plan for the Thunder. I think the la- they haven't played for a long time, and the last time they were playing, Andre Robertson just decimated the Jazz. Mm-hmm. He was. I, I've seen some things where he's literally had a similar defensive impact to Rudy Gobert, and if he didn't get injured, I'm almost 100% certain Robertson would have been deep, deep yeah, he's defensive. Yeah, he's defensive player of the year, guaranteed, if he doesn't get injured. He was remarkable, and he just killed the Jazz, just killed him. And so I think without him, the Jazz have a lot of more. Their offense will flow better. I know Westbrook's going to bring the defensive intensity, because he does, when in, they're in the playoffs, but that's also going to slow him down offensively in terms of just like, I mean, I know Russell Westbrook is an alien physically and athletically right. and mm-hmm. just never seems to get tired, but he might get tired. <laughs> and I, I just, I just think that uh, the jazz will score better than they did before. And I think the jazz have some advantages. I think the jazz can just game plan for Westbrook. Uh, the numbers are there when Westbrook is playing against Rudy Gobert. He takes more bad shots. He takes less shots at the rim. And that's what the Jazz want. And I think the Jazz will find ways to corral uh, Westbrook into the shots they want. And I think that allows them to do more of just guarding Paul George and not letting Paul George become playoff Paul George as best they can. He's right. still great. He's still superstar. But I think the Jazz have some real – I just feel like the Thunder are kind of like a snake. And you know that head of the snake is just – crazy and scary. I feel like the, I feel like they're a self-eating snake like they shouldn't exist meaning like <laughs> a team with this many stars should should not be like as finished with the same record as the Utah Jazz like that's that's the way I look at them it's just like this 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 does this kind of team does not exist in reality or not in a New York Knicks uniform mm-hmm. and so or maybe <laughs> and so that's that's what I think I think the Jazz have a real chance to game plan but you never know Westbrook and uh, Paul George are superstars, and sometimes superstars are just too good to to guard. It, yeah, it happens. I, I, I think what's why a lot of people are picking the Thunder is it, kind of the same way you pick the storied college team to win in win in uh, March Madness. And you're like, yeah, this is a seven eight seed, but there I have not heard of Chattanooga State ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Chattanooga is. I do know where North Carolina is. And that's why they're going to win. And, 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 and so I, I feel like that with Oklahoma City, with their stars, is like, well, the Jazz don't have any all-stars. Yeah, they have the defensive player of the year. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's like picking the over it, – like, it's like, who do you pick? The overachieving kid, which is basically the Utah Jazz, where it's like they don't have a lot of skills, but, man, they've really – they're really uh, batting above their – batting above their average – versus Oklahoma City you're just like well it he's he's a talented kid and if he ever puts it all together it's going to be scary mm-hmm. and so I that's how this matchup looks to me and I still the one thing that I can't get over and I've you and I have talked a lot this week about this uh, 
I can't get over Utah's lack of playoff experience. I that that's a huge deal when you get to the playoffs. It's part of the reason why Utah added all those veterans last year, like George Hill and Boris Diaw and Joe Johnson. Like those dudes brought with them a ton of playoff experience. And I don't think that well, we know they don't win game one last year uh, without mm-hmm. like all of Utah after they lost Gobert, they looked shell shocked. And Joe Johnson was just like, like, like a dude who's been done three tours was like, uh, this is, this is, this is every day. Follow me. We're going to victory. <laughs> and, and so that's how I feel with, uh, with the Utah jazz, you know, this year, it, it, I don't think they have the playoff experience to be able to be like, okay, well, what's, you know, what's going to happen with this? Like the guys who have playoff experience with this roster, significant. I'm not talking like Gobert, who had playoff experience last year, or Derek Favors, who had playoff experience last year, and then the last time was his like second season in the league. Um, mm-hmm. You're you're talking like Jake Crowder, Jonas Jurebko, and and that's it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you know what you go through. I don't know. You know, it's going to be tough because Westbrook's going to come out like a flame-throwing dragon, and he's going right. to just try to kill them from the moment they start. And they're going to have hopefully their their intensity level is there because Russell Westbrook is he's just a monster. He is a monster. He's he, so I I I think the Jazz lose in seven, and I think uh, the reason I think they lose in seven is I think they get shell shocked a little bit. They catch their stride but they just run out of games to do it mm-hmm. so that's that's my prediction on this Rick, Ricky Rubio since all-star break 40% from three that's crazy 40% from three since all-star break yeah oh my gosh and Ricky Rubio shoots 35% from three Russell Westbrook shoots Let's see. Sorry, twenty nine percent from three. 20... Who'd have guessed that? Wow. Russell, Russell Westbrook shoots twenty nine percent from three. Uh, Ricky Rubio, for the season, shoots thirty five. Yeah. Like the thing is, is here's the crazy thing about this series, and is and because of Utah's been so hot, so Utah's only lost two road games since January twenty second. Two. It's just ungodly. Like, like, and if you think about the places that they've played, whether it's Toronto, Boston, San Antonio, Golden State, um, you're, Portland, that's insane. That's absolutely insane that they've only lost two uh, two road two road games, and one of them was Portland. Mm. Uh. Right at the end of the season when they ran out ran out of gas, so. I look at this team, and this team doesn't fear being on the road. So being being the team on the road for a team that doesn't have a lot of experience actually might not be the worst thing in the world because Utah Jazz playoff uh, environment's awesome for a home team, but I think they could almost come out with like too much juice. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like I saw that in the Portland game where they were dead tired and they like they were playing fast, but they weren't playing out of control. It was like. Like, Quinn Snyder's like, we got to pick the tempo up. 
And instead of being like, okay, we need to just shift it up a gear, they're like, let's just throw this in overdrive and see where this where this takes us. <laughs> and, and and I think that that can happen with them having it be their first. If this team had home court, it could be it could go against a, a little of their favor, not too much because home court is still awesome. But I could see that happening with this team now. Now that they're the visiting team, they don't have home court. They're back to playing with house money again. Well, and I think I was I think we talked about this just on the phone one time. It's just I'm kind of happy that Donovan Mitchell gets to start on the road because that's a lot of pressure to be the home team, to be a rookie, to have never played with that level of intensity. And he gets to kind of have those first two games to get it out of his system a little bit. Yeah, because the, if, if OKC wins, they're like, well, they they, they held, you know, they held serve. Mm-hmm. There's, and there, then there's we're nothing in, lost. And then it's even more pressure on a rookie going into Oklahoma City to try to steal one. I'm kind of happy that he gets to go in there. And then if we steal one, it's like that confidence will go over him. He'll get that few games of experience. Oh, and um, can you imagine if Utah wins um, the first game of the series? Winning a game on the road in a playoff series is the fastest way to deflate. Like, look oh, at the Toronto Raptors like every well, look year. At the, look at the Jazz beating the Clippers last year. You know, yeah. We won that first game. And it was kind of like, oh boy, it's a series, and yeah, it changed a lot. It, it it changed a lot of that series, and and they did it while they were shorthanded. That mm-hmm. that was like prime definition of of house money. It's just like we got to win when <laughs> literally when we Rudy should went not down have on the this. first play of the game. Yeah. So I think with man that that game, Quinn Snyder coached coached a hell of a game, and Joe Johnson, Joe Johnson for one night looked like 2011 2012 joe johnson oh he's forever a jazz great in my mind for that game he won that series with that shot yeah he uh, and he was like five for six yeah on the floor or something like that and scored like 20 something points he was an incredible this season where he took a big step back i could not hate him because it was like in the back like back of my head is like you'd be grateful what joe johnson gave you oh absolutely he gave us he gave us the gift of happiness. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was a great win. Um, so I have to say, going to OKC. So for because uh, I heard a few of our Louisville fans were thinking about making the drive to good old Oklahoma. Um, little known fact about about Milo is he actually did live in Oklahoma for two years. Hashtag really? Oklahoma life. Yeah, I I served my I served my LDS mission there. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's here's some here's some uh, little known tips about Oklahoma. Uh, don't go to Oklahoma. <laughs> Win. Just 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 don't. Just Take watch. that L, Oklahoma. Just 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 just, 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 wa- just watch it at home. Eat that L. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, but for real, uh, Oklahoma. They do have some good barbecue in Oklahoma because uh, you have some. Uh, there's some good barbecue places. One of my favorite places, though, in Oklahoma City, is Ted's Mexican Restaurant. Mm. Ted's Mexican Restaurant. Why is it named Ted's? Who knows? It's why. <laughs> Gotta love Ted's. Ted's. They have homemade tortillas that you see, like they're making as they're going out, and they're like they're not like the thin thin homemade tortillas. Those always bother me. Like they're the thick ones. Like if you're gonna make homemade tor- tortillas, they gotta be like gotta be those those fatty fatty tortillas. And it just mm. make like you you just know you're getting the gluten, like you, well, you, you like you should. You weigh said fatty, and I just raised my head like what? 
Just kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Like, that's... Brought me back to high school. It was just like, you don't, you don't, you don't know me. <laughs> I'm big bone, buddy. I have a sl- slow metabolism. <laughs> but those are, they're so good. They're so good. And then they give you... Uh, like, like the and And they don't just, they, they don't skimp out. Like, they give you the queso on the mm. house. Three different types of salsas on the house. So you got like this whole thing, this whole spread of like homemade tortillas before you even like order your meal. If you're a vet at this, you like you you eat up all the tortillas, you order your meal because then it's not free anymore. Uh, like the tortillas aren't. So you fill up on those and then you get your meal and then you just box it up. You just go home. Just but then but then you ask for a fresh order of tortillas. So you get like a big old stack of these fatty tortillas and then you eat eat your eat your food at home for the next day. It's like two meals, two meals in one. Double meals. Double meals. Like one of the, I think one of the restaurants still is in a an old trailer. Like they built a restaurant on top of it, like a nice restaurant, but it's still connected to the trailer that he first started it in. Well, you know what? Ted sounds like an innovative guy and a good cook. Yes. So if you're there, and then hit up Bricktown. Bricktown's fun. Like mm. it's it, it's it's a good time in Bricktown. So yeah, but that's really about it in Oklahoma City. If you're if you're driving through Louisville over there, stop in Stillwater. There's oh, sorry, I muted myself there. Eskimo Joe's. Eskimo Joe's. Yeah, Eskimo Joe's is um, so they have the most iconic T-shirt. Like, here's the funny thing: if you uh, like, you probably have seen their merchandise, but never knew they were a restaurant. They're like random people wear Eskimo Joe's. Like, you'll see it. I've seen I've seen shirts. I've seen the cups. That's usually what you see is the cups. Uh, the, the Eskimo Joe cups. Yes. Are you, are you Googling it right now? No, I'm, you could literally say anything about Oklahoma and I would just believe you. <laughs> he's like, he's like, this, does, this sounds like a thing, but, um, <laughs> but this uh, is a funny thing. Sure. In Stillwater, Oklahoma, they have like, so there's like this guy who started Eskimo Joe's. He has like Eskimo Joe's. And then he's like, I need an Italian restaurant because having a brew pub isn't enough. So he has like Giuseppe's, and then he has a then there's Mexico Joe's, ah. and then he did at one point start a seafood restaurant. Didn't really go that well, but it was called Down at Stillwater Bay, and every everyone was like, "Yeah, that place was garbage." Because <laughs> <laughs> like a guy who's like, you know what? Like I'm really great at making bar food, and he's like, "What? What about Italian?" And they're like, "Okay." We'll let you do Italian. And then he's like, what about Mexican? And they're like, well, that's not a stretch. And they're like, what about seafood? And they're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop right there. <laughs> like, well, and it was we... like upscale. Like it was like he was trying to do like upscale seafood. So it was just like, no, we trust you with our bargain bin, with our with our bargain bin food. Like, like we're okay. Like we're okay with you doing even upscale Italian because we accept it all of garden. And we all know that's not upscale Italian, even though they try to say it's a little upscale. It's not, we all know. So Eskimo Joe's where the logo isn't racist at all. (laughs) You found it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it has a dog on there, has a dog in the logo. Yeah, and I think that's a human being, you know, but... Uh, yeah, Eskimo I guess. Joe's. It's Oklahoma. 
<laughs> That's all that needs to be said. So, um, so yeah. So there's 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 your Oklahoma preview. Oh, awesome. Well, and we kind of we kind of wanted to end the podcast just kind of recapping. I just I just kind of wanted to end to say kind of my favorite things about this season. Yeah. And it might it might be the reason the Jazz just win this series is this season to me has been like the biggest surprise I could have imagined like this team yeah. is filled with players who overcame their situations to play above themselves and get better and mm-hmm. do things we didn't expect at all like ricky rubio uh shooting 35 percent from the year when he's never even come close to that his six seven years prior is remarkable the work he's put in the three-hour practices he's willing to do to get to that <laughs> level is impressive it's how really, anybody really can good. survive a three-hour Oh, three-hour practice. Gosh. How I you mean, manage to overcome a three-hour practice? I, mean, I don't man, know. I mean, I mean, really next tough. thing you, you would ask is for them to put in an eight-hour workday. I know, just the worst. How how but, am yeah. I supposed to get my Call of Duty in? <laughs> That's right. How am I supposed to go spend my millions of dollars? Nobody, nobody plays Call of Duty anymore. It's all that Fortnite. It's all about the Fortnite. <laughs> That's right, or PUBG. Fort, yeah, Fortnite, Overwatch, League. And you know what? One of my highlights for the year, and I don't care what anyone says, was Tank Note. Like, we, halfway through this season, were thinking about writing about the draft. And that sucks. I, I, like, I still that... find it hilarious where people are like, you wrote, a, you, you were thinking you were going to, we wanted to tank. And I was like, our job is to create content. <laughs> like, we were trying to figure, like, you can only write the Utah Jazz suck for so many times before people don't click back. You have to give them some hope. Well, do you know, like, you know what it's like to write, uh, po- to do post game shows for losses? It's not very fun. It's not, like, easy to do. Like, there's so many times, like, honestly, you just have to talk about the other team and what they did good every night. And that's not, like, that fun. And so when you, you have to find, like, and I tell you what, you go ask, uh, certain, j- uh, jazz front office people about tanking and things like that. We're not the only ones that were thinking about it. I'll just say that. Well, that even, was. Uh, I, I I think about Rudy Gobert, where he's just like, we thought we were gonna miss the playoffs. Like, yeah, I, like I know, Rudy Gobert. Rudy. Like everyone's like, well, he knew the entire time. Th- these guys, like they, like that was that was like that was the front. That's like the manager who's like, are we gonna have to close down this door? No, everything's fine. And then he goes back and looks at the financials, and he's like, oh, we're we're effed. Like that would. That was the whole Rudy Gobert tweet, and it turned out they changed it. But it took, like, for people who were like, "Well, they they turned around." This has been insane. Like, the thing is, is if they would have lost twice, if they would have had two additional losses, they're out of the playoffs. Oh yeah, that I was remember. a margin of error. So I watched that Atlanta post game. Someone mentioned it in one of the comments on one of the videos of the post game, and I watched it. It was crazy what the mindset change has been. So the mindset I had in Atlanta, I was actually kind of happy. I was like, dang, dude, we just gained a game on Atlanta on tankathon.com. Like, uh, we're going to get, like, like at worst, like, you know, Mo Bamba or something. And and uh, and it's crazy yeah, the well, fact that Jazz just turned this it around 100%. Have been, like, changed completely. Like, we're, like you'd be like, man, I, I really think uh, I really think Mikhail Bridges or, man, Luka Doncic would yeah, look great here. This and I, this. And now it's just like, well, I've been watching some footage on the dark web of uh, of this dude from Lithuania. Never heard of him. 
but I yeah. think he could turn out into something. Like that's how like how much our conversations on the draft have changed, and we haven't have, and we haven't written a post on it. Oh yeah, we because who to. cares? We're going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care. I'll look at it when we when we lose. But uh, it is so nice to not have to worry about the draft right now. Like it's just so nice the Jazz turned it around. And like people think like we were like pushing tank. No, no, we were just talking about what was happening. Like the best thing for the SLC dunk site is for the jazz to win. Like if you want to go, go look at the views of the post game shows. When we lose, it is like a fourth of what it is when we win. <laughs> it's it crickets. is not it's like, even close. Well, 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 Jonathan, I guess it's just you and me tonight. Yeah, like it's me and yeah, it's me and like Adam Ray King every night. Shout out Adam Ray King who watches live every game, like and uh, you know tells me how much the Jazz suck, like on Jazz losses. Like that's not fun, but Adam Ray King is way more fun when we're winning, like because then you get to talk about the fun things and the happy things, and we made our shots, and the offense looks good, and and the defense is killer, and and we beat like the Warriors by thirty. The Z Dog raps are better. Z Z Dog. Z Dog is on his game when the Jazz are winning. When Z Dog's losing, it's like the 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 Lakers smell like weed. You know, I'm much more into the Z Dog. Like we beat the Warriors. It's much better. Yes. You know, so so the site gets clicks, guys. If they, I don't know. So that's been fun. Well, and, it's and, just and, fun to and, win. Yeah, it's and it's and it's more fun to talk about. And it's and it's, and it's progress is fun. Progress is just a lot more fun to talk about. Like, man, it. I was through the Tyrone Corbin. I remember riding during the Tyrone Corbin years, and it was just like I think, I think Gordon Hayward was better this game than the last game. Maybe <laughs> I think I think Ty Corbin may have made an adjustment. And then Ty Corbin benches Gordon Hayward, yeah, and like, you're just like, like, yeah, it was like we were having to write posts, like being like, why would you po-? like trying to find the silver lining? Maybe Josh Howard is better than Gordon Hayward, like, like. It's it's a lot better now, with with when they're when they're winning, and and the I mean when we were with Take Note we're like okay well Donovan um, he's a good rookie but he's not ready to contribute to winning yet Rudy Gobert they haven't figured things out and you know if we get a really good talented player to put with us we have our core set for the next year, mm-hmm. but having a player that's like okay we have the generational guy, this is this is so and and who would have thought too like. I think in December, you know, we saw Donovan Mitchell going on that tear and in November too. And, 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 and I think as a jazz fan or any j- fan in particular, you're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're like, this is nice, but you know, you know this, the devil's going to come a calling for what you owe him. Mm-hmm. And, and we always, and we felt that throughout the entire, and, and it's, like our first win streak, we're like this 11 game win streak was nice, but you know, you know we're going we're going to return to the mean at some point, and then we we lost those two. You know we lost those two games. Post All Star. Post All Star. Not in a row, but lost lost those two games. We're like, okay, well maybe you know we're getting back to who we were. <laughs> People are finding yeah. us. They're able to scout us, and then they went on another tear, and then they went on that six game win streak, and so, and so now we're to the point where like, the other shoe hasn't dropped. And the only time the shoe does drop is if it's a one or you know one game, here and there. And so you're like, okay, maybe this is this who we are? Is this mm-hmm. is this what the jazz like? Do we have enough of a sample size to say, yeah, the jazz are good, period. 
and they can they will they can destroy good teams they can destroy bad teams unless they're the Atlanta Hawks and there's something special here and I think the fun thing about this season is being the full turnaround being able to go through the roller coaster ride of emotions like and and starting from the Gordon Hayward leaving to the lowest of lows to the 11 game win streak to the highest of highs to Donovan Mitchell having a 40 point explosion twice twice and um and being able to see and and seeing the and then seeing the baby steps in between seeing in the off season seeing the pictures of Joe Johnson getting the entire team um all together for you know for off season workouts seeing Donovan Mitchell and Dante Exum show out in summer league um the the pain that came from you know uh, seeing Dante Exum getting hurt again in the, and in seeing the Rudy get hurt getting, twice. Seeing Rudy get, go down twice and, and fighting through the injuries all over again where Joe Johnson can't get healthy. Rubio's going through trouble in December. Well, we were and, frustrated with Rodney Hood not stepping up like we had hoped he would. And then Cephalosha uh, getting hurt. Cephalosha gets hurt. And then we were nine games below 500, and we had that Atlanta loss. And I'm not even kidding. We were like the fifth team in the lottery. Like, that's where we were. That was a reality. And it just... You didn't. There was no telling that Rudy would come back looking a hundred percent healthy. There was no. There was literally no sign that Ricky Rubio, Derek Favors, and Rudy Gobert, even if Rudy Gobert came back healthy, would be a positive on the floor. There was just none, and that yeah. was our starting lineup. And so there was just the turnaround has been phenomenal. It has been so much fun. I think one other highlight that I've loved this season is the team just seems to like each other. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of nice, fun personalities. We don't have to pretend that liking video games makes you a likable person. Like, we get to, like, just enjoy these Instagram well, stories that, that, that are just can, a lot of fun and stuff like that. Can you talk like about that? how, like, when I look back now, now, I'm like, man, what a bland thing. <laughs> like, Joe well, Shredco yeah. likes video games, too. Guess what? Dante Every... plays more video games than anybody. <laughs> like, guess what? Like, young men... 18 to 27 really like but video games. It's 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 a part of culture now. It's just yeah. a thing. And so Everyone like, plays man, video games. And Gordon Hayward, he's a semi-pro pro video game player. Yeah, so is my cousin. Like, Guess what? So Dante would everyone. whoop Gordon at Call of Duty. I promise you. Dante is very good from what I've heard. So I've heard he's a really good Overwatch player too. Um, yeah, like he's – it's just it's a fun team with fun personalities. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell has just the most just electric personality to combine with his he floor opened game. Opened up Derek Favors this season. I think Derek Favors was really frustrated. Like you never really saw emotion. And I remember that game where Donovan Mitchell had a big game and Don and Derek Favors came behind him and squeezed the water bottles on him. Yeah, just seeing Derek like, Favors like, smile. What is? I haven't seen this Derek Favors in years. Like. Years, like since he was like his second year or third year. I haven't seen this guy. Well, he's smiling. He seems legitimately to enjoy playing basketball. He seems to legitimately enjoy his teammates. Like Derek Favors does not have a huge personality. And that's fine. Like that's fine. Not everyone does. But it seems like Donovan has this type of personality that brings out or at least allows other players to just be comfortable. And I think and Ricky Rubio too. I think Ricky Rubio, Ricky has, Rubio the, too. has the same personality where you have like these two very strong, very positive, very um and, and then workmanlike attitudes. Um 
And I think that that does that can change a culture that can like yeah. when, when people were I remember um, talking to, uh, you know, you'd hear the reports of the Utah Jazz during the when things were going bad. And, and the one thing that was would come across is they would be like, we even though Rubio was struggling or or they could trade him, they're like, ah, just because of what's going on behind the scenes, there's no way we you would you would see the Jazz trade him. And always, and I was like, that's just ridiculous. That I that can't be. But when they started winning, and you're starting to see what that what that the culture is, and I think that's the other thing too is they what the Utah Jazz have done, and this is you know to the credit of Dennis Lindsay, to Quinn Snyder, and this and the players, the staff is they have they had spent so much time building a culture in Utah, you know, for that Gordon Hayward, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert. You know, it's like the culmination of what that culture was, and it was slammed down and destroyed overnight. Because that's what happens when your best player leaves. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a piece. Um, who was it by? Was it was it by Shams or was it by uh, Washingtonowski where they were talking about the? No, it's Chris. Uh, Chris Herring was talking about the quotes with, Don, uh, uh, with Dennis Lindsay, where he said that that plane ride home was a very long plane plane ride. And mm-hmm. it was very difficult because all your plans are gone. Um, I heard from from um, inside the organization that it was uh, that they were like, you know, it's plan it's plan Z now. Like it it changed a lot. It changed a lot of the plans for the Utah Jazz organization. Uh, like we we talk about how great Dennis Lindsay is, and this was a pivot. This wasn't like. Them not like them not being able to get get uh, Gordon Hayward. They weren't even able to talk to Otto Porter. They weren't able to talk to Rudy Gay. Like this whole thing of trying to get Hayward put them so back on free agency that their backup plans weren't even available to be backup plans anymore. Mm-hmm. And so to have to and so the culture changed. The culture changed overnight. There was no there was no alpha. Rudy was the alpha, but not really in the same way because we know how he we, we know how he's an alpha on the defensive end. But is he the alpha in the locker room? Is he the is he, it? And so when we talked with um, Mike Prada, I think we've referenced this many times on this podcast. When we were talking to him, and he's like, "Who's going to be the alpha? You know, who's going to be the scorer?" You're like, "Okay, well, you know, maybe Derek Favors, Ronnie Hood. I don't know." It's like, "Okay, well, who's the leader of this team?" We're like, "I think Rudy Gobert. Like mm-hmm. he has like he's the only player left." so to speak and it and um and now when you look at this team i don't uh, i don't know how to answer that question now i don't know who the leader of this team is mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter because the way they've approached this and come together as a team like ricky rubio has ha, has a big big voice in the locker room donovan mitchell has a big voice rudy gobert has a really big voice i don't feel like it's like Okay, you know, to hear what we think about the Utah Jazz, we need to go to Rudy Gobert. He's really going to give us a pulse on this team. It's not mm-hmm. like that when they go. Like that's how I felt with uh, Gordon Hayward. It's like talk to Rudy, go, you know, Gordon Hayward when things were going bad, or when when Rudy Gobert said, you know, there's some guys who are taking plays off and are more willing to get points and really, you know. <laughs> and Rudy was right. That was about as prophetic a statement as he had last season as his will be fine tweet this season. Oh yeah, it totally was. But who did they go to to get an opinion? Gordon. Yeah. 
They're like, we got to talk to Gordon about this. Now, if, now think about that. If if Rudy Gobert said that this year, I don't think people are going to Donovan about it. I don't think they're well, going it, to, to to Ricky about it. Like, I think that's going to be like, I well, think. The, and if they went to them, I don't think they're going to put Rudy on blast either. I don't think like if Rudy's like, you know, we're trying to get our, you know, too many guys are trying to get their points, and we're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to defend. I think the first guys who would be like, got Rudy's back. You you, you wouldn't hear like. I'm sorry, excuse my language, but you wouldn't hear shit quotes from uh, from George Hill where he was just like, "Well, that's just a sign of a young player who's just trying to understand." And 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 it was like, "No, that's the sign of a, a leader who's saying, dude, wants to win and is tired of watching yeah. George Hill, George Hill, Ronnie Hood, the, and, and the Gordon clock down get, to get shots. shots." Yeah, and so I I I think this if you had that same thing happen this year, you would have had you'd had Donovan Mitchell be like, "I agree." You know, we, oh yeah, we, we've, we, we focus too much on getting, getting shots. We uh, are like, we're a defensive team first. We're a defensive team first. And then you'd see Ricky Rubio too. Like, I don't think the, like the jazz last year were their defense. They were a defensive team, but I don't think everybody on that team was bought into being a defensive team. No, we had a lot of guys thinking about contracts and this is, and, and, uh, that's the thing with this team is we had. I, no one would disagree with Rudy Gobert, and, and I don't think Rudy Gobert would even see, say that because this team just plays cohesively. They were almost the three seed in the NBA playoffs in the Western Conference without an all-star, and that means that you have a team that's playing together. They are playing within the system. They're not out to just get their shots. I rarely ever see a play that I think, oh, you know, he's kind of really, really working to get a pick-and-roll to work here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, like, I, they're, they're playing the system and we have guys that run in to step up and and stand up for their guys like when rubio has had a couple altercations you see jay crowder and joe ingles just run in there uh rudy gobert you don't have you don't just see gordon hayward walk away you know yeah whatever no this is uh, one thing that really impressed me was even after the portland game and you know it was a disappointing loss you still saw utah jazz players Go out there and congratulate Trailblazers. Gwen yeah. Snyder was out there congratulating Donovan Mitchell. Um, Royce O'Neal switched jerseys with a player. Royce O'Neal, uh, like I, th- I like Royce Another O'Neal is story. all of us. Like every single game, he switches players, which is uh, switches jerseys, which is like like I would trade jerseys with every star every single time. Like that would be me. I'm mean, like I gotta I gotta I gotta hedge my bet because I don't know how long I'm gonna be here. Like, Luckily, we got Royce for three years, by the way. But, but that's like Royce O'Neal. Um, yeah, Royce is just a great story. That's another great story on this team where it's just like come out of nowhere. Um, because he might be a big part of this series, too, by the way. And I know we got to end here in a minute, but you might see a lot of Royce O'Neal guarding, guarding Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And and I'm excited about that. He's he's been a really nice defender this year. He has. If if he if he hits the the corner 3, he doesn't have to hit that top of the break 3 reliably. If he just hits that corner 3 reliably, that's a big deal in this series. Mhm. Well, it's been a fun it's been a fun season, Michael, and I am very excited to watch these playoffs. I I'm going to watch the games today. We're recording this Saturday morning. Oh, I'm yeah. excited to Yeah, I got I got a pizza com- coming. For this afternoon, Ooh. oh man, yeah, oh um, yeah. So we we got some great things. We will get this podcast up so you guys can listen to it tonight, or between games, or while you're at the gym tonight, or whatever you're doing. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a really good series. I 
I do think the Jazz lose in seven, but it would not surprise me if they win in five or six. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I just think that experience is going to be be the difference. I really, I, I, I don't want to be right in this. Like, here's <laughs> I, the thing. I know because I predicted this, I'm going to have like five comments be like, "You picked the Jazz to lose," and be like, "Well, you know, it was it actually." It, it, there's a 52% chance of being right. There's a 48% chance of being wrong in this, like according to the to this to the analytics on this, the the probabilities. It's 50 well, 50. You can literally the, flip a coin and like and I I bet you on in this series there's going to be we're going to look back and there's going to be probably one or two plays that are the, either the, were the difference with the Utah Jazz winning the series or losing it. And that's how mm-hmm. close this series is going to be. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. If there is any team that could uh, prove the haters wrong, not it's saying Utah. Michael's a hater, it's this team that's just done nothing. <laughs> this is, again, Michael is a hater. Michael <laughs> hates this team, doesn't like the Utah Jazz. He's a Closet Bulls fan. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, if there's any team that could that has con- consistently like overcome expectations, it's this team. So yeah, we'll I see mean, what happens. I'm just used to being disappointed. I started out my my NBA fandom as an Orlando Magic fan. Well, Got you broken. know that like that's that's the way joke. like you 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 pay for I, I I started with pain. Like I got brought in, I was like, "You kill Neil and Penny," and then, oh, ACL injury, and he left for the Lakers. Why? <laughs> well, I will just <laughs> say this: like it's the old jazz joke. Like, yeah, uh, let, how does it go? I want the jazz to be the pallbearers at my funeral, and you know why? So they can let me down just one last time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope they remove that joke from jazz uh, from jazz history. So me too. Anyways, okay. guys, make sure make sure that you uh, like this. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, leave a comment. Leave a review. We'd love it. We appreciate it. Uh, the way you do that is go on your phone, search the podcast in iTunes, search SLC Punks, and then click on write a review, or just leave a five star or a one star or whatever star, and we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, also check out um, check out our cool T-shirts that we got on the site. We got our Joe Ingles T-shirts, our SLC Dunk uh, SLC Dunk Life, which uh, of course is a must-have for every SLC dunker. But we also have some two new ones that are going to be hitting this hitting up the site um, either today or tomorrow. So keep an eye out for those. Those are going to be. I think you guys are really going to like them. They're going to be really cool. So check those out, uh, Michael. It's been a lot of fun. Go Jazz! Woo! Okay. Talk to you later. Bye.